0: Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 79 Causes and Consequences of a Sexless Marriage. So we are going to take a look at an article that Nick found this week that kind of talks about this in a little more in detail, and I thought it had some really good points. And so as we dive into it, I wanted to just start off by reminding everyone of some of the main points about what intimacy really means and one of the definitions means
1: mm, that's my root <laughs> I'm when i gotta let my whistle before i get started here. i'm
0: trying to pretend i don't hear it okay one of the definitions of intimacy means to become familiar with and so i think most of us can relate to that definition as we We're first starting to get to know our spouse while we were dating. And then in the beginning of marriage, um, there was a lot of time spent getting to know one another and the details about one another. And that is an important part of intimacy. And another part of intimacy is to be able to get to the most inward part and innermost parts of ourselves. And so that means being able to recognize the deep thoughts that we have on different things and also our deep emotions.
1: Like when I'm dying inside?
0: Yes. Yes, when you are dying inside. That is very important to be able to recognize and to be able to share.
1: I think everyone feels like that every once in a while.
0: Well, I think so. And that's kind of like one of the the third main part of intimacy is to make sure that you are making these things known first and foremost to yourself, that you're able to have that self-awareness and that you can recognize what's happening. And I think for a lot of people, sometimes they don't even label their own emotions. Um, but that can be super therapeutic to do that, but it's to be able to make those things known to yourself and then to be able to make those things known to your spouse. And those are some of the building blocks of intimacy
1: so should i wait to bring you into it while i'm trying to figure it out myself or what, what if you can help me figure out what's going on inside
0: well I, I think it can go either way i don't think it's a set right because sometimes i know for myself i have to spend a little time myself figuring a few things out and um because i want to be able to express it to you as clearly as possible Right, And sometimes I just need to just take the time to slow down and work through it. I don't always have to do that. Sometimes I can just be like, I feel frustrated right now. And then you can jump in and ask me questions or whatever, and we can talk through it. And so I think there's no right or wrong answer to that.
1: What about when we talk about it and we like get into detail and we have an understanding of why I feel a certain way, but then I'm on my own again. Or I feel like I'm on my own again, even though we've already talked about it.
0: Well, I think that's where, like, thought work, your own thought work, really is going to be key. Because, right, you may be interpreting, like, an action that I do or something I say as, I'm alone. Yeah. And maybe it's just like, okay, well, I'm taking care of certain things that just need to be done. And it's not that I'm trying to leave you alone. It's just, that's how your your thought is interpreting my actions that way.
1: Okay. So, back to the thought work.
0: Yeah. Key. It's key. It's super key. And as we are recording this episode, we have just finished um, all the recording for the first course in our program that has to do with Mindfulness and meaningfulness when it comes to marriage and intimacy, and thought work is in every every lesson.
1: I can't wait for you all to hear this. (laughs) I, I hope that I hope that everyone gets a chance to go through this course. It's so good. I've been editing it, and this one is just Shelley, and you know, just you know, sharing her experience and her you know all the learnings that she's gone through and we've gone through together. But I've been able to help, and I just, I'm so proud of her and what she's accomplished. I think it'll really help people, including men.
0: Yeah. And I think as we go through this um, episode today, and we talk about several common reasons and causes that a marriage may um, lack sexuality, um, thought work can really solve for most of them. I think there's one or two that uh, we will discuss that might be a little bit different. But I mean, that's pretty powerful to say thought work can really address most of these issues. I mean,
1: the whole point of this is to help people understand their own thinking and their feelings and, you know, therefore their intimacy, their lack of or their fear of or whatever it is to help with that and I just I just want to say for men you know this this same work that your wife is going through and maybe she's even introducing you to is really good for her but it's also really good for you and when we both do work together on this and we'll talk about this you know relating to this article this article really isn't anything new it's just put together in a way that I think is will be interesting for us to discuss but if you're not supporting your wife in this, I just recommend that you do because it has changed my life. And I share that um, at the beginning of this course as well. I I do have a part of the intro where I talk about my journey and, and my experience with Shelly through this, but it has, it has changed me and made me a much better for person because I have engaged in it. And I... I've learned that it's not something that, you know, Shelly's doing just to manipulate me or to, you know, create lists. I mean, if you've listened to these podcasts, you know that that's not what we do. But, you know, I think the way to change somebody is to change yourself and then they have a different person to respond to. And I think that's what Shelly did as she's gone through this, is she herself changed and didn't try to force me to change, but I changed because she was changing. And we already have a great marriage. But it's gotten better, and I think as individuals, we're quicker to figure out what the problems are to resolve them. And that a lot of that has to do with a reduction in blaming one another and going to that thought work and maybe taking some time where you have to really go through that so you can explain it more clearly to your spouse. And I just think this is wonderful, especially when you tie it to your own faith and your spirituality. And, you know, nothing that we teach in contradicts anything like that. I mean, it supports it, if anything. And I just I just want to put that little plug in there for the men. And, um, and also for the women. Your husband will change as you change. I know that that's just the way it works. So there's a lot of hope in this. And I'm so grateful to be a part of, you know, with Shelly, teaming up to help you have more hope and to strengthen your marriage. But... You got to do the work and you got to get engaged in it.
0: Yeah, and I really like what you said that as, you, as we start to learn how to do thought work and using the self-coaching model, it seems like because we can do that within ourselves, it seems like there are less major issues. Of course, they come up because that's life. But we also have the tools to enter into hardships that we didn't have, you know, 10 years ago. And I think that is so valuable moving forward, knowing, hey, we kind of have these tools now in our back pocket. We can use these. And it doesn't make it seem like when we face something challenging that it's like doomsday.
1: Yeah, and and the... And the long periods of, like, silence and, you know, maybe some passive-aggressive behavior or, you know, the silent treatment. Like, that kind of stuff that we've we've done, like, I think all couples go through. When those things happen, they seem to be a lot shorter. There's no doubt about it. Because yeah. there are times when that would go on for, you know, a week, two weeks or longer, you know. And we're just bugged and blaming each other for things and not talking. I'll tell you those are the moments when I feel dead inside more than anything is when I'm far from you, and when that happens and I feel alone and and far away, I know that because we exercise these principles and and tie them in to the faith and the knowledge that we have in in the atonement and you know the spirituality that we believe in. I know that those times are going to be much shorter and that is awesome because then we can get back to being one and, you know, this isn't, this doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, right? You're still going to go through things, but it's so much different when you're going through life together and going through your challenges. It just makes all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, as right before we get into some of these reasons, but I think you bring up another good point that as you're learning how to have the higher awareness of your thoughts or how you're blaming your spouse. And it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, just because you have these skills that everything's perfect and you use it perfectly every single time and in every single moment, right? It's, we also have days where we're tired and we don't want to use our skills and we're just like, ah, whatever. And that's just normal. It's totally normal. Um, but the confidence that comes with knowing that you have the skills and that you can use them Whenever you want to improve things, that's awesome.
1: And there are moments when you don't want to use the skills. Yeah. Right? There's moments when I'm like, "Ah, I know what I should be doing, but I just don't want to do it. Because it's still, we're still human.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it's good to just be able to have compassion on yourselves during those moments and not expect perfection just because you've learned something. I think, you know, back to when we're all infants and very young toddlers... Whenever we were learn something new, we didn't get it perfect the first time and then never mess up again. There's always going to be moments when we're not getting it right or we just don't want to get it right.
1: Duh. (laughs) You live with me. You see that all the time.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. So it says here we have this little list, some of the most common reasons... Why there's a lack of sexuality in marriage. So I'm just going to read through these and then we can uh, talk about them in detail. A low libido is one of them. Mismatched sex drives between husband and wife. Usually one is higher and one is lower. Childbirth. um, The workload. Stress. Stress medical conditions and this one this article is very specific but it said such as erectile dysfunction but i also wrote in my own notes um medicines because it is very well known that some medicines will definitely have an effect on how you're able to perform or even just that sex drive
1: for me it's cold medicine
0: cold medicine yeah So I put that also under medical conditions. Um, Another one is history of sexual abuse. Another is infidelity. Another one is insecurities or other personal factors. And another one is unresolved problems, financial problems, And the last one on this list is anger and resentment. So as I was looking through this list, I was like, okay, you know, I see definitely um, two or three that my clients will come to me with. And it's usually anger and resentment. Um, You know, they have expectations that their husband is supposed to be doing certain things or should be doing these things. And then when they're not... They are angry. The wife is angry. They have a lot of resentment. It builds up. And they usually withdraw. And that usually leads to a lack of intimacy. The other one that really comes up for women, and I know we've talked about this before, but is stress level. And stress is a huge, one of the top um, blockers for a woman's natural natural desire to be intimate and so sometimes we're just so busy going through the motions we don't we may not even realize how high our stress level is and that can just really wreak havoc on us wanting to be intimate
1: well stress also is well known to to weaken the immune system and so you know we get sick more often when we're stressed and when we're sick we don't feel good yeah and you know, I mean, that. I think we need to look at our priorities in life and really consider, you know, what, what is worth the stress if it's going to draw us away or pull us away or push us away from our spouse. And I think a lot of times because this world tells us what's important and it's usually not the strength of our marriage, the world tells us that, you know, we need to work hard so that we can have enough money to, you know, buy the car we want and the house we want and whatever, you know, the material things, which is a major, you know, problem, I think, for a lot of people, because, you know, we give up a lot for that. And the you know, the question I ask myself is, you know, what's worth it? And nothing is. Nothing is worth having a a life that's so full of stress that I'm I'm separated from you. Yeah. And there are times when I'm like, you know, whatever, I don't need you. I just, you know, I'm going to do my thing and I I want to feel important in the world, you know, and be successful and all that. And you're just going to have to live with it. I think that's traditionally a lot of times um, in society, That's that's been the norm is, you know, whoever the breadwinner is, like that's the priority. And, you know, the other person just, you know, makes up the di- you know, for the lack of them being there or whatever. I mean, it happens whether the woman's working or the man's working. It doesn't matter. But I think we sacrifice so many important things just so that we can feel like we're, you know, important in society and successful and have enough money and, you know, all material things. And look, I'm not saying money's not important. You got to be able to pay your bills. But how much is enough? You know, and is it worth... Risking what we're going to talk about, you know, kind of going through this. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's such a good point. And then the other one that I've seen with uh, my clients is sometimes they come in thinking that they're struggling with a low libido, right? They think something's wrong with them or they're broken. But it's actually pretty rare. It's not as common as women think that they are actually having a chemical hormonal imbalance and that it's the libido is actually low that's usually not what's happening so more often it's the mist, mismatched sex drives where usually with the clients I work with it's the husband has a higher sex drive and the wife has a lower one and so what often happens is they the wife will think that their job is to match their husband's sex drive or that's what they should do in order to be a good wife um and that if they don't they feel guilty they feel shame um they wonder why they can't get their sex drive to be the same as their husband's and they are like well I really love him but I don't feel this way and so it becomes a huge mess which is Really good that thought work can address that, but that's usually some of the, the main... Those are the main three that my clients come in with are those.
1: Yeah. I mean, your clients represent probably a lot of women, but I think everyone's got so many different things, right? It's kind of an infinite list yeah, or infinite combinations. Yeah. But the beauty of the self-coaching model and the beauty of really you know, taking a step back and taking a look at your thinking, that is going to help you in all aspects. It really is. And, you know, unless, unless you do have some kind of a you know, physical or hormonal, hormonal imbalance or something like that, where you need to go to the doctor and figure that out, do that. But much of this has to do with the reality that you're creating in your mind and the illusion that you're creating in your mind. And I'll just say it straight like that. Most of us, actually all of us, create realities that aren't really real. Because we make so many assumptions. And when we blame someone else, we have to justify those thoughts or our actions. And we just continue on down the path and creating a world that justifies our actions.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of times that means horribleizing the other person. Right. Your spouse. That's happens true. All the time.
0: It's true. That does happen all the time. And I also want to just point out on the medical issue. There are definitely medical things that take place that have an effect and can really put a halt on the sexual aspect of the relationship. And I worked with a couple once where the husband had cancer and was going through chemo and that definitely affected their sex life. And um after quite some time he was able to recover and they were able to get back to the sexual part of their relationship and but it was a challenge because they were trying to navigate so many other physical and health related things and so i also think that when it comes to something like that to still continue to have hope and do a lot of thought work because A lot of those um, medical things, um, even with the clients I've had, those usually are temporary. And I think it can be really easy to lose sight um, about that. But most of the clients I've worked with that have really faced that. It has been a temporary thing and maybe not super short, like, you know, right after you have a baby, like the standard six weeks of not being intimate. Um, Sometimes it will last longer if it's a serious medical condition, but there's hope um, that things can improve after some of these things have resolved. Okay, so now we're going to move on to some of the consequences and effects when there is a lack of intimacy in a relationship. And so this article just kind of points out um, three main um, consequences And the first one is infidelity. And I think this is probably an obvious consequence. But I also found it really interesting just as I kind of took a step back and looked at the main points of this article is that that's often the thing that we as a wife, I think, like that's what we fear the most. We don't want that to happen. And yet we can fall into some of these traps and not do the thought work and really challenge our thinking or just let our blame run away with us, that we allow ourselves to continue to not engage in the sexual intimacy side of the relationship. And we may find that we are actually contributing to the very thing that we fear and don't want to happen in the relationship. And so I do think that that is a... Um, practical and common thing that can happen if we don't put in the effort to start to make some changes any thoughts on that
1: why let it happen when you can do something about it yeah i know that a lot of people you know it takes a lot of convincing to do things differently and i do think blame feels good sometimes too and it's kind of addictive and, you know, living in that place where you're creating this false reality just to feel justified and it's comfortable. I understand that. But if it can be much better and it can be much more productive and you feel like you're really moving towards something. If that's possible. Then don't wait. Start yeah. doing something about it now because your life will improve. I know that's true.
0: Yeah. And they say that, you know, when intimacy is lacking in a marriage, that it just causes a person to be more prone and more open to temptations. And we know that temptations are everywhere. We're like, we cannot escape temptations. They can be at the grocery store. They can be at the workplace. They can be um, where at the gym. They can be where... Um, maybe we're enjoying our hobbies or, you know, involved in our talents, like temptation can be anywhere,
1: especially when we're vulnerable. Yeah. When our, when we, we don't feel as worthy or as valuable or, you know, our self-worth is low. I mean, that, that stuff all happens, like I said, at the beginning, you know, that kind of exaggerating statement, what happens when I'm dead inside, when I feel that way but I just feel dead inside and I don't like that. That is a very vulnerable place. Yeah. And I know that people feel this. And so when you are vulnerable, I think the tendency or the, the temptation is greater. And so we need to be really, really careful because the, unfortunately the temptations when it comes to marriage are super serious. Yeah. Like, you know, those are really serious things. Those, those dark paths are there And it can ruin our marriages really fast.
0: Yeah, so true. Um, The second thing that they talk about as a consequence is that um, instead of being like a couple, you become more like roommates, right? So instead of getting closer to one another and sharing those deep, difficult thoughts and feelings, actually there will just become like more distance where you're not sharing those things. And so you kind of just end up being these roommates, these friends, and just existing together, but still lacking some of those deeper things that really contribute to intimacy. And we know that that can come in all different forms, right? Even just being able to share um, a book that you were reading that you really enjoyed, or you know, a new song that you discovered. Being able to share those things with your spouse contributes to intimacy, but sometimes with a roommate, you just start holding those things back.
1: Or kind of like a business partner, like you're both in the business of running a family.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what happens when the family is out of the house, when the kids are out of the house?
0: It leads to number three. Ooh, okay. Divorce. Ooh. So I think that's no surprise, right, that that could come as a consequence of there just not being any sexual intimacy uh, taking place. The thing I also love about sexual intimacy is that it's, it's difficult. Like, it's a challenge. And as you and your spouse, like, work through those hard things and face those hard things together, like, that actually helps create the intimacy. But leaving those things undone and unattended to... Like, that does not help create more closeness.
1: This always brings me to this word, limerence. And it's a psychological um, word that basically means that a person can only be physically attracted to another person. It doesn't matter how good looking they are, or how attractive they are physically. You really get, you do get bored of that person. If it's only the physical attraction, you will get bored of that person within a year. If there's not something more that's, that's making that person more beautiful to you over time, like, I think you're more beautiful now than when we got married. I think I, I'm more attracted to you in many ways. Because we have worked on something together. We've worked on this marriage together. And I think if you're not doing that, you won't be attracted to that person It just won't happen if you're not working on it. Yeah. I I, I believe that fact. I think that that happens. And, you know, you see people in Hollywood get married and divorced all the time, right? Right. Or, you know, you see a lot of people do that. And a lot of times it's physical attraction that, you know, it's lust or whatever. And if they don't work on it, if there's not something deeper than their looks, then their looks are not enough to keep you going, Right marriage is too hard yeah but if you're working on it together and you're learning and experiencing together you can fall in love more and more every single day i know that that's true
0: it's very true so this brings us to the last section of this article and um it's just talking about restoring intimacy which of course i loved that they used that word since it's so related to our podcast. And it just says, you know, is it too late? And it asks this question. And it says, if you're thinking any of these things or it's crossing your mind, it's probably not too late, right? Because it's on your mind and it probably means you have a desire to try to make things better. And so they offer three, I think it's three, wait, no, actually five, five steps um, to help restore the intimacy in marriage. And then I'll give my little take on that. But the first thing that they say to do is to just recognize the problem, like really try to think back and pinpoint, you know, for you personally, um, for your spouse personally, and then just as a couple, where things kind of started to take a turn and go downhill. But then they also asked this question, which I really thought was good. And it says, why haven't you done anything about it yet? That is a very important self-reflective question. And I bet one that most people would not want to answer honestly. And that's what they point out here is like, you have to ask that question and answer it honestly. Why haven't you done anything about this yet? Um, so that was step one, recognize the problem. And then the second one, the second step was commit to change. Just commit to trying something different. You don't have to have all the right answers. You don't have to be perfect. And you don't have to have this huge game plan of how it's all going to work out right away. But being able to just commit yourself to making a change or a small change um, taking a course, like the one that we're about ready to launch, that would be a great step uh, without knowing every detail that's going to come with it. But it is it is like a, a step of good faith that you're willing to try things different and willing to keep working on it.
1: And I'll tell you what, every man I know and probably most or every woman, like no one wants to go to therapy or get counseling, but we, we go to that. And I think therapy can be really helpful and I think counseling can be really helpful. But I also think that there are things that you can do before you get to that place where you can do that work and you can start making changes without saying, Oh, well, we got to go to marriage counseling or else it's all over. No, we're not marriage counselors. We're not therapists we're coaches and helping you to make these decisions and these changes yourself. We're not going to tell you what to do, but there are certain things that the knowledge and tools that we can have that can really help us and change us. And for some people, they need to go to therapy for whatever reason. You know, maybe there's some really deep rooted issues that they need to work through. Maybe there's some medical things that they need to work through, but Even if you have a good marriage or a bad marriage, it doesn't matter. There are certain things that you can do to help it without having to try to drag your husband along to counseling because most of them aren't going to want to go. And if things get bad enough, they'll go because that's like the last resort. And so I'm not telling you not to go to counseling, but I'm telling you that there are things that you can do now, today, that will improve your relationship, even if it's just a little bit. And, you know, that's what we'd like to talk about in these podcasts. And that's what, you know, you're going to talk deep more deeply in your course about, but there's, there's so many things that we can do to improve our relationship.
0: Yeah. Well, the next thing that they talk about as this, you know, a solution is to get help, is to get that help. And I think life coaching is an awesome way to get help. And I've, I have found that most people come to me after they've been to therapy. Huh, yeah. It's because they don't want to keep going to therapy for an, another however many years. They want they want progress. They want that change and they're kind of ready to start putting in the work.
1: Well, the business model of therapists is to keep people coming. Yeah. There's an actual business model where it's not, "Hey, I mean, if anyone who's been to therapy, you know that there's a point where they say, oh, you're, you know, you're doing fine. But most of the time it's the person saying, hey, I'm good. I don't need this anymore. But the business model of coaching isn't, hey, you need this forever. It's here are the tools. You need to work on it. That's great. But it's really your your work that you're doing with those tools. And so it's not a business model where you just need someone forever. Right. Or they need it, but, you know, there's, everyone needs something different. But like you say, you know, when you coach someone one-on-one, you say, hey, I want to have these six sessions with you or whatever, or 12 or whatever sessions it is, and I don't want you to need me anymore.
0: Right. And I think it's very important for people to feel confident in the skills that they're learning so that they can use it themselves. Yeah. And I want them to walk away from our sessions together with kind of like a limited number of sessions so that they can feel empowered. Like, hey, after I do this many sessions, I'm going to have what I need to go out and make a difference in my own life. That's empowering.
1: Not band-aids. No. We're talking about deep Getting change. to the
0: root cause. Yep. Yeah. We're not just, we don't look at just the symptoms. Um. And before I move on to the next one, I just wanted... This keeps coming to my mind to bring up this point. I think maybe when you were doing your training or maybe when we went to one of the um, events for your life coaching training, high performance, um, Brendan Bouchard had said, like, if you're at the age of... I can't remember if he said 30 or 40. But anyway, it's around that age. And you're still have like deep issues that you haven't addressed or if you're still very worried what other people think and you're very much a people pleaser it's time to get to the it's time to get to work because if we're not taking action now to kind of make those changes and address those things in our lives we're just going to go till we're 90 and continue to feel miserable
1: And, and really it's a that's a very childish way to live. It
0: is. And, and sometimes we don't, we don't really talk about that. Like say, yeah. hey, if you're 35 and, you ha- and let's say you were molested as you know, a young girl and you've never talked about that. Guess what? That's coming up in your marriage. It's time to do some of that work yeah. and not let it continue anymore. That is being a responsible adult and a responsible spouse. But I also want to say, like, that is a way to um, really work on self-care, self-love, self-respect is addressing those needs. And if you haven't done that yet, now's the perfect time to do it. There's no need to let that continue to ruin your life or your marriage. That can be worked through.
1: The reason why you continue to let it ruin your life often is because of fear and for some reason, we just we're addicted to fear,
0: yeah
1: like, I don't understand why, but we let fear really paralyze us from making changes and and I don't want to you know make light of anyone's challenges because everyone's got something really different that they work on, but really, the root cause of a lot of us is fear yeah,
0: yeah, that comes up a ton with my clients. Well, um, at the end, they talk about as a way to move forward um, is to really change your focus and to have a focus um, on rebuilding intimacy. And if you sign up for this course, you're going to see that there's a section where we talk about, you know, 20 different types of intimacies. And I think we've even mentioned them before in some of these previous podcasts But as you take any one of those intimacies and say, hey, I'm going to work on this one for a while, that is changing your focus. That is putting in the effort and really trying to rebuild and restore that intimacy. So just because you're not always like, hey, I want to fix this part that we're, you know, where we're not having sex and we need to solve it tomorrow. That's not always how it's going to work. But if you focus on, let's say, the intellectual type of intimacy, or the emotional, or the adventurous side, or the financial side, just even picking some of those can totally contribute um, to a, the natural desire that a woman can experience, or a man, to really be drawn back in And want to be closer to her spouse again. It just takes a little bit of that refocusing. So I loved that they really brought that in. And then just as a final point, I really do want to encourage anyone listening to really embrace the idea of life coaching as a really wonderful solution because If you're struggling with intimacy and you start learning these tools and skills and challenging your own thinking and trying to learn and use the self-coaching model, it's not just going to be good for intimacy. It's going to be good for every aspect of your life. And that's the beauty of it. Like You can take these things and really work on them in whatever area you're struggling with the most, but then you're going to learn. There's so much benefit to it. And that makes your whole life better and not just relationships with your spouse, but relationships with your parents or your own kids or your in-laws or your neighbors or, you know, other moms on the PTA board who are, you know, gossipy. (laughs) Once you start learning these skills in one area, it positively affects other areas of your life. So it's very, it's a very beautiful thing. Okay. Any final thoughts? Love, before we wrap up. Get
1: off your ass and do something about it because (laughs) everybody needs to improve, right? Because we all can. We can. We all can improve. And even if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't need that. My marriage is fantastic. Well, you're probably living in a dream world if you think that your marriage is perfect. And maybe it is. Maybe rarely those marriages exist. And I I think our marriage is one of the best marriages I know of. And we still learn new things every day. So, sorry about the profanity, mother. <laughs> but get off your butt and do something about it. Don't wait anymore. As comfortable as you are in just in settling for whatever your life is, as comforting as that might be, there's so much more for you to look forward to. And I think deep down we all know that. And it does take two to tango. But start with yourself, restore yourself, restore your marriage, (laughs) right? Yes. I I just, I'm just a huge believer in the actions that we can take, especially when we get our thoughts right. It's amazing. That's all I have to say.
0: Okay, well, I hope that this next week, you'll be able to think about some of these things and be able to challenge yourself to take that next step forward and improve your intimate relationship with your spouse in a positive way, even if you take just one step in the right direction. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope you will join us again next week.
1: Bye.